Today is a really special day because we're taking some time just to thank um, Pastor Trish for her amazing ministry to us over many, many years. And so I'm going to invite Trish to come up. This is the part she's really looking forward to, this part. Come on up because we get a chance to thank Trish and express our deep appreciation. Why don't we give her a really, really big welcome as she comes up on the stage now. As you can see, Trish's favourite part, this sort of thing. But Trish, we want to express to you, because you've had such a big impact on so many of our lives, our children. Um, I was talking to someone just the other service who you baptised, and so many of us have been impacted. In fact, every one of us have been impacted in some way by your ministry to us over a long season where you've really poured your life out. I want to share just a little bit about... Um, just some of the things that Trish has been involved in over her time here. And then at the end of this time, we're going to pray a special prayer of blessing over Trish, commission her, in fact, for the new calling God has on her life as the head of primary at Carmichael College, which is an exciting um, ministry opportunity there, in fact, as well. But let me just share a few things. Some of this has been written up in the newsletter, but I just want you to hear, particularly if you're online as well. Trish began attending Bridgman back in 2001, which is when the first auditorium had just been built. So that was a long time back. I'm sure there's probably not too many of us here that were around back then. She became a member in 2003, joined the church council in 2007, and then came onto our staff team in 2008, and then was called as our first female pastor in 2009. Um, And one of her key focuses has been in our kids' ministry Um, blessing um, the younger ones coming through and there's been generations that have been impacted over that and not just the kids the parents that were ministered to families that were ministered to through that but let me just share a little bit more this was part of what was shared as part of Trisha's renewal of call back in 2015 just to give you a glimpse as to how much more than just the kids ministry Trisha's been involved in here so let me read a little bit of this to you Pastor Trisha's been serving as a pastoral team member since 2009 Trish has made an outstanding contribution in so many areas here at Bridgman. She leads the children's ministry. Prepare yourself. There's quite a few things here that Trish has been involved in. The children's ministry, Friday Buzz, Sunday, um, Sunday Buzz, Mega Buzz, which that year was attended by 446 children. I think we even went higher than that. Um, has been raising up and equipping many of our young leaders, which is so true. Many of our leaders have been mentored by you and invested in by you. She has been overseeing the Connect Groups, writing curriculum for adults and children in our Connect Group series. Trish also coordinates the office admin team of um, crew that were there at the time, oversees the weekly newsletter, often works on creative projects, including the presentation of our vision and finance booklets. Her very high-level organisational skills are a great blessing, coordinating 500 volunteers at our Mega Monster Garage sales and other events like that as well, which were huge, um, incredible just to be able to organise all those things. She oversees the Precinct Welcome Team, coordinates the church calendar. Trish is a very valued member of the Women's Ministry Leadership Team. She preaches regularly, serves as a pastoral member of the church council, Involved in the pastoral care ministry, I told you it was a long list, especially to women and mentors personally, a number of the young women of our church. Over the past 12 months on that year, she baptised personally 13 women. Um, Trish is involved in wider ministry, speaking to churches within our denomination and beyond about children's ministry and speaking at women's events as well, as well as others I know. 
Trish graduated with her Bachelor of Ministry in 2013 and then went on to complete a Master's of Theology, um, completed that in 2018. Trish is deeply committed to the work here at Bridgman. She has a huge capacity, is making a wonderful contribution through her leadership in many areas. She is a godly, mature Christian woman. She has a heart for prayer, a wealth of pastoral experience, and we as a church have seen the hand of God upon her life. And how true is it that we have been so, so deeply blessed through Trish's ministry to us. And I want to say too, this is not goodbye today. Trish is staying with us. Praise God for that, that she is staying with us. But we do want to take time. It's important, in fact, just to be able to express our thanks to you. I know so many want to express that thanks to you. At the close of the service today, there's um, some stations in the foyer where you can come and write a little note of thanks. And we're collecting all those notes and putting them together into a booklet, which we want to give to you, Trish. You can email those in. If you're online watching, you can email them into to at bridgman.org.au. But we want to collect those together. And as well, as an expression of our thanks, we do have a little gift. And I thought, how do we capture your impact across all the generations? Well... My own family have been blessed, so I've got the whole tribe here today to come out and to express our thanks and appreciation with a little gift for you from the church family. All of my kids have been blessed through Trisha's ministry over the years, and I've got a fairly good spread of the ages. And so here is a, a little gift from us as a church for you, Trish. Some flowers. Can we put our hands together again and just thank Trish so much? Trish will get a chance to share a little bit in a moment because she's going to bring God's word. But I do want to ask, we're going to commission Trish now too for the new calling that God has in her life. We're going to ask if any of the pastors are here that want to come up. Marie, it'd be great if you come up as well. And um, any of our church council members, in fact, if you're here. But why don't some of us just come up now and we're going to stay around and just really pray. The Holy Spirit's anointing over Trish's life, um, this special calling that God has given to her in this season as well. So we want to join our hearts. In fact, why don't we all stand together as we do this now as we pray. You might want to um, reach out a hand if you want to do that. We've been COVID safe and doing all those sort of things as well. But we do want to take hold of this opportunity just to commission Trish and to ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit over her life. So let's do that. Heavenly Father, our hearts are just so full of thanks and praise today, Lord, because you're a good God. Thank you for the blessing. Um, so many lives have been impacted and blessed through Trish's life, through her witness, through her ministry, generations impacted, families, individuals, so many in fact, Lord, we couldn't even capture it all today. But Lord, that is a work of your Holy Spirit through Trish. And so Lord, it's so right that we just take time to give you thanks and praise today, just to bless Trish. And Lord, we want to pray now for this new season of calling on her life, Lord. We want to pray for a special anointing of the Holy Spirit over her now, Lord as she ministers to children again, Lord, and families and staff members. Lord, incredible opportunity to reach out into the community there around Carmichael College. And so we pray, Lord, just for that fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit as you've been with her. Lord, you'll continue to lead her in even greater measure, in fact, the things that you have for her. May she know, Lord, wisdom from you. May she know, Lord, the empowerment that comes from you. May she be so aware of your presence going before her. Um, your blessing being poured out over her life, Lord, we do pray. And so, Lord, we lift Trish up to you now. We give you thanks. We pray for this anointing of your Holy Spirit. And, Lord, together, together we look forward with great expectation and faith to the great things you have in store 
Your kingdom, Lord, continues to move forward in prayer, power, great blessing for Trish. So many more lives yet to be reached. And Lord, thanks that she continues to be part of our church family here as well, Lord. We're so thankful for that. And so pray your special blessing over her now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Church, can we thank her one more time? Let's put our hands together for Trish. We're going to sing a song. Stay standing. We're going to sing a song as we prepare our hearts for God's Word. Then Trish is going to come and share with us. So let's worship. Give Him thanks as we get ready to hear from God this morning. we open our hearts to your word now. Thank you that you long to speak to us. Bless Trish as she comes to share your word. We pray and we ask this in your name. Amen. Please be seated. Church, we are really blessed to have Pastor Trish coming to share God's word with us. Can you make her feel really, really welcome as she comes to share with us now? Oh, uh, wow. Thank you. Um, Actually, I do want to start by saying thank you. First, for the, um, I'm a bit overwhelmed, I'm, I'm not going to lie, but thank you so much. Um, thank you for the incredible expression of love, actually, as well. Um, since Mark's diagnosis through his illness and his passing and over this past 12 months, um, I have literally just been overwhelmed by so many expressions of love through messages and um, emails and letters and flowers and gifts and visits and phone calls, um, way too many than I've been able to reply to, um, and I'm sorry if I haven't, um, but I want you to know that every single one of them have been deeply cherished, and although I haven't been here physically um, in these past 12 months, I have felt just um, so incredibly enveloped by your love and your care um, and your support as well, and I also wanted to thank you um, for your grace with me in the midst of this as well. I remember talking to Nathan um, kind of at the end of 2020 and ha- having no idea really how to navigate. I, I still, if I'm in full disclosure, not really sure how I'm navigating life. But um, yeah, Nathan, the church council, giving me the opportunity to take that time. Um, and in hindsight is an amazing thing what God opens up and how we see that he actually has gone ahead of the way. Um, and prepared for me. And so thank you for your grace and allowing me to do that journey Um, and in celebrating with me today as well, all the things that God has done and is yet to do. And I wanna share a little around that this morning um, as well. 
I, I realise standing here that I am not the only person in the world who's had a hard journey. Um, and we live in a world that is really challenging. There's lots of challenges. There are a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of panic. There is some great pain and hardship as well. And um, as I share from this space, I guess I'm, I'm kind of just, as a fellow person on the journey with you, telling you some things that God's showed me over this last year. Uh, one of the ways I learn is to read other people's stories um, and to kind of gather wisdom from them as well. Some are alive and um, here and other parts of the world. The internet's an incredible thing. Um, and others who've gone before us, and some of them we read about in the Bible, and that's one particular guy I want to focus in on today. His name is David. And um, you might be familiar with him. He uh, was a king of the Israelite people, lived quite a long time before Jesus came, started life as a shepherd boy. And although he had some incredible triumphs and some great moments, he had some pretty dark days as well. And you can read about David's life in lots of different places in the Bible, but I particularly want to focus in on something that David himself wrote, his own reflections about a season in his own life. And so today we're going to have a look at Psalm 40. Um, David had an unchangeable belief in the faithful and forgiving nature of God. And I, I think it was forged out of his actual life of living that out in the great days and in the horrific days as well. And Psalm 40, the commentators think, was probably written by David in his early years as king. So it comes at a time where we know now that he had still quite a lot left to live and maybe a few more challenges to, to face as well. But it certainly sounds like he's already experienced his fair share as well. And so we're going to share with that today. and We're going to start in verse 1. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. The psalm actually goes on for 17 verses, but I actually just want to narrow in on the first three because I feel like they give us a bit of a platform for all the things that come. You'll notice that David refers to a time where he was in waiting, waiting patiently for the Lord to help him. The Hebrew of this verse is actually an intensified form of the verb. It literally means waiting, I waited. Not in some kind of passive, just sit and wait for it to happen, but the sense of activity that was soaked with expectation. David waited, but with great hope and expectation that relief would come. And not just relief, but that actually God would be the source of that. He was big with expectation, no doubt whatsoever, that God would deliver. How long he waited, we don't know. But we know that he waited with hope and expectation. And in fact, David is no stranger to this waiting with hope because he talks about it quite a lot in the Psalms that he writes. Just three examples that we can see one before in Psalm 39 verse 7. It says, but now, Lord... What do I look for? My hope is in you. In Psalm 130, verse 5, it talks about the fact that he waits again. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. In Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2, he actually compares himself to this deer that's longing for streams of water and describes his own wait for God. I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? 
David waits expectantly because he knows that God comes. God answers prayers. Though he may wait long, he does not wait in vain. And in fact, actually, that is his experience because he goes on to say that God delivers. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. In this psalm, David actually refers to two kinds of pits in his life. The second one we see in verse 12, and he's really clear about why that pit occurs in his life. And it's the direct consequence of decisions he's made, of his own choice to go his own way and to ignore God's way. It's a result of his sin, his brokenness. And some pits in our life, in fact, the, the ultimate pit of the human condition is because of our brokenness, our waywardness of heart, to think that we know better than God and we go our own way. And David talks about that pit in verse 12. But not all pits are that. And in fact, commentators say that the one that he mentions in verse 2 doesn't talk about the circumstances or the challenges that have led to him being in this place. It literally just describes what it feels like to be there. The usual meaning of a pit is a well or a deep, dark hole. David speaks as if he's fallen into this deep, dark place, plunged not into the clean, placid pool of water, but a roaring storm. It's dark, it's raging, it's underground. And along with this pit, he talks about mud and mire. And mire is like a stretch of swampy, boggy ground. David knows this feeling. He wrote about a similar experience in Psalm 69, verses 1 and 2, when he cried out again, Save me, O God, for the floodwaters are up to my neck. Deeper and deeper I sink into the mire. I can't find a foothold. I am in deep water and the floods overwhelm me. When David is referring to this pit, he is describing what John Piper illustrates as this kind of situation. Falling into a well and sinking deep in the sludge at the bottom and going deeper every time we try to lift a foot. Then all of a sudden there's a roaring sound and water comes rushing from somewhere all around us in the dark. And with that comes the sense of helplessness and desperation. And all of a sudden even just air is worth a million dollars. Helplessness, desperation, apparent hopelessness, the breaking point. This is the kind of pit that causes a sense of helplessness and desperation for David. He's describing here it's threatening to ruin his life or to take it away completely. And David says he's been in that place, but God has lifted him out. He's rescued him, pulled him from the depths and placed him on solid and firm and sure ground. And he's been given help and guidance to keep moving forward. In fact, he says that God has given him a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Do you know, it seems like a no-brainer to say that because David's been saved, he is now overflowing with thanks. And that is true. It's a simple cause and effect, the gratefulness of a heart that's been saved. But I feel while that's true, it seems like an inadequate description of what's taking place here. This new song that David is singing has grit to it now. It comes birthed from a new perspective of God and even of himself, something that before he had not truly known in the fullness that he does know now. God can and God does deliver. 
God can and God does deliver from every sort of pit or every kind of mire, boggy, swampy ground that exists. David knows this is true and he can't help but actually share the reality of that's his life. But it's more than just that. You'll notice that he says there's actually another flow and effect that takes place as well. Because in the waiting with hope, in the calling out on God and in God's saving response, others have been watching and they've seen. And as a result, they too have come to choose to put their trust in him. The human condition is an interesting thing because when we get to see someone who in utter desolation humbly cries out to a God who reigns above everything and holds with expectant hope, waiting, waiting on a God who delivers. And when God comes, the power of that is indescribable. And in fact, they see something real and genuine and authentic that speaks to the very human heart. And David opens this psalm with his experience, which is quite interesting because as you continue to read on in the psalm, you realize that verses one to three are really a reflection for David. And he is now speaking from the space of another pit. Commentators actually say it's really intentional on his part because he's actually reminding himself of what God had done in times past. He's expressing his confidence in God and he has to do this because it's probably likely that that's all he could muster at that moment. In this new space of desolation and despair, maybe he didn't have the energy to praise in that context or maybe even the courage, but he could remember what God had done and his confidence in who God is and God's ability to deliver. What I love about this psalm is that David was hurting, but he's still hoping. And hoping doesn't mean that we ignore reality. It means actually that we acknowledge reality in all of its messiness. And in the very same breath, we can acknowledge God and his sovereignty, his absolute ability and power to work as he sees best. Hurt doesn't lessen our hope. In Jesus, there is always a way forward and our confident hope in him will never be disappointed. And so this morning, I realise I don't know the context you're in. I can only speak in the space that I'm standing in and have been in and will continue to walk in as well. But some truths that God has actually encouraged my heart with is what I wanna share with you this morning from David's own words. So whatever your circumstance or situation, to be encouraged today. And one of the first things is that God doesn't just hear our cry from afar, but he's actually right here with us. There is never, not for one second, that we're alone. And in fact, there are countless times in the Bible that we can see the promise that God is with us, that he's for us, and that God will help us. And one of them in particular that has resonated with my heart is Isaiah 43 verse two. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. Anne Voskamp is an author and um, over the last 12 months or so, her family had a, a great tragedy and her father died in a farming accident on their property. 
And as she's processed her grief and the reality of all the things that have unfolded, she's been writing a lot about it. And over the Christmas season, she wrote these words. We may not know why God doesn't stop all kinds of suffering, but we definitely know it's not because he's indifferent. God is so moved by our being entangled in suffering that he moved himself into our world and entangled himself in the suffering with us. Emmanuel, God with us. For many of us, myself included, our lives may look different in this season than we wished. But there is so much beauty I have learnt that even in the places of desolation, when we look to Jesus, he can do incredible things. And in the midst of the hard, we can actually experience the hope of Emmanuel, of God who is with us, who came to be the hope in the hard. There is no path I have ever taken that is one he has not walked before me. And there is no sorrow I have ever borne that is one he has not carried for me. We live in a broken world that is marred by gut-wrenching loss, great pain, and global pandemics. But God's compassionate presence is never absent, no matter how bleak or how barren the season. In the early 1950s, the English translator for How Great Thou Art published two additional verses that aren't often sung. I love one particular verse because I have learned it's one you can sing with authenticity in the middle of a pit when you find yourself there. It enables us to do what Charles Spurgeon once encouraged when he said, if grief presses you into the dust, worship God there. And the words of this verse go like this. When burdens press and seem beyond endurance, bow down with grief, to him I lift my face. And then in love he brings me sweet assurance, my child, for thee sufficient is my grace. Then sings my soul, my saviour God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Never for one second are we alone, not forgotten, not forsaken, but actually the very presence of God is with us and he continues to do marvellous things. In fact, as I think back about my time here as a pastor in the church, um, over these 11 or 12 so years, um, I am in awe, actually, of the things that I have been privileged to see God do. It's incredible to think in time, which is really a snapshot, right? But God has just done so much. I, we would be here forever if I told you all the stories I could. I still remember distinctly having what I thought was a hypothetical conversation with Pastor Peter um, about, you know, what God might have for me. And then all of a sudden doors are opening and I took what was initially nine months leave from teaching that turned into 12 years. Um, but I'm so thankful for them. I am so thankful for the investment. Thank you from Pete and Marie, um, from Nathan and Andrea, from the church council for, for the privilege of the opportunities that have been entrusted to me from this church to learn, to grow, um, to lead, to fail at times and to learn from that failure and the grace you've shown me in the midst of that. Um, I am so humbled by that and so thankful for all that God has done in spite of my brokenness um, 
to do things that I could never have imagined possible. And so um, in the broad strokes of looking at these last 12 years, I'm so thankful for the reality of a God who's alive at work and doing amazing things. Um, It's true, Nathan said that when I first started coming here, it was just the auditorium. Just physically on this site, you can see how God has opened up doors and developed things over the times. Um, And that's an incredible thing. And the ways that buildings are being used to honor God and to serve this community are amazing. And I'm so thankful for that. But I think it's the hearts and lives of people that really has captured my heart so much as well. It is an honor and a privilege to baptize someone, to hear their journey, to see how God works in people's lives, to pray with people. I've loved praying with my Thursday morning group, to do Bible studies, to grow together, to learn all of those things, so many things, just incredible, to work alongside an amazing team of people who are just giving their all for Jesus. Um, It's awesome because God has done great things, and it's awesome because he's not done yet. There is more yet that God wants to do. And I um, have loved everything, but I specifically have been so blessed by working in the children's area here at the church. I love in particular that this is a church that values the lives and hearts of children and sees that they have an equal place in the kingdom of God, that they, alongside of everybody else, are serving Jesus and growing to love him and doing things with the gifts and the skills that they've been given. I have learned so much from the faith of the children in this place been so challenged by them. And I have loved working with a team of people that God has raised up in the midst of that as well. Um, particularly through that first initial part of COVID when we went to online Bridge Kids and um, Ty and Isaiah and Emily and Katie and I were doing things way outside of our wheelhouse and having a blast doing it. I'm not going to lie. It was loads of fun. But I'm so thankful for people who are passionate about doing whatever it takes to get the message of Jesus out. And I'm excited too because, like I said before, We don't always see the ways that God is preparing the way. But looking back, I can see his hand in so many incredible ways, and particularly in the raising up of Tyrone. I'm excited to see what God's going to do through his leadership of the children's ministry as well. A young man with a heart for God always has, and it just continues to grow, humble, serving, loving people. And I know that as he leads that, God's going to do incredible things as well. So I'm excited to what the future holds. Um, And I do really resonate with the reality of what David said about God giving a new song to sing. It's a song with grit. It's not really a song, so you can breathe a sigh of relief because I'm not going to sing. But it is, I, I feel like a sense of clarity for me that God has forged out of this space that I know more of him and more of myself in that too and an excitement of stepping forward into a space that God is calling me into. That is not leaving, but adding to what God is doing here. Because we are actually all partners with our shoulders to the wheel for the kingdom of God. And as I step into this role at Carmichael College, um, for those who don't know, it's a Christian school with an open enrollment. So we have pretty much an 80% enrollment of children and families that are unchurched and an incredible opportunity just to continue to take every, every moment to make Jesus known, to love well, to be his hands, feet, and voice as we are all continuing to do in the places that God plans us. And so I marvel at what God's doing. I can't fathom how he does it. I can't fathom how he can take things out of our brokenness and our pain and our heartache and make something beautiful, but he does. And in fact, one other author that has really spoken to me on this journey, a fellow um, widow, wrote these words. 
She said, I don't know how anyone could make something marvelous out of the mess that death creates. It's certainly not humanly possible. So I choose to trust the one who dismantled death itself, the one who transforms broken humanity with radical grace, the one who, after it feels like all the gifts have been unwrapped, keeps lavishing gift upon gift in my grief. By him, all things hold together. In him, all things will be made new. The ultimate hope that we have is not wishful thinking, but is actually in a person. It is in Jesus himself. In fact, the middle part of David's Psalm 40 actually speaks to a time in the future that he was not gonna be alive to see. He speaks of one who would come and remove the pain of the ultimate pit that all of humanity finds itself in. In verse six, David talks about offerings and sacrifices. And it's actually these words that the author of Hebrews later picks up on and quotes Jesus in Hebrews 10, verses eight to 10. First, Jesus said, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. No, you were, nor were you pleased with them, though they are required by the law of Moses. Then he said, look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. The greatest news that is unshakable and unchangeable no matter the world that we live in is that we have a God who didn't just listen to our cry for help, but a God who willingly entered into our suffering, a God who loved um, and lived and walked and carried our burdens, a God who loved us so much that he looked at our brokenness and chose to make a way for us to be made whole, a God who saw us at our absolute worst, beaten, broken, hurting, defiant, desperately trying to hide our shame and loved us completely. A God who loved us so much that he paid the cost of our sin, our debt fully paid by Jesus. God came into our pit, the roaring thunderous swamp that we could never save ourselves from and made a way for us to be lifted out of it once and for all. The good news is that Jesus is our living hope, our sure, solid hope. The one thing I can say without any doubt from this whole journey is I am more confident of that than I ever have been. Though everything can be painful, God is good and Jesus is alive. And our hope with him is never gonna be disappointed. My husband, Mark, loved the good news of Jesus because it transformed his life. He struggled so long to try and be good enough that when he first heard about the grace that was on offer through Jesus, he could not comprehend how great it was. It changed everything for him. And so he would spend every other moment of his day telling as many people as he could about it. Even if he was teaching a math class, if somebody wanted to hear about Jesus, he would stop everything just to do that. And what I loved and was so challenged by, and I think incredibly blessed, in watching his journey, and I'm sorry, I'm gonna cry, but I really wanna say this, in watching his journey towards heaven, is this confidence in the truth of Jesus actually only grew. In seeing how ready he was to meet Jesus and how excited he was, 
even though he wanted to stay and tell more people about him, was such a blessing to see. And the reality is that actually, no matter what we go through, and no matter how hard life gets and how painful it can be, the hope that we can have in Jesus is the reality that we can hold on to. And I don't know where you are today. Perhaps you are someone who knows the truth about Jesus and just need a reminder that actually, despite the raging around you, clinging to him is a solid hope. Or you could be someone who maybe hasn't yet chosen to put your trust in him. The beautiful thing about Jesus is the invitation is always open. It's a recognition that you can't, but he already has made a way through his death and resurrection to have life in him now and forever. In fact, our sure hope in life and death is only in Jesus. And with God, we have ultimate victory because this life is so short and eternity is forever and with him is incredible. And I have great confidence. In fact, I'm deeply aware that Mark is more alive today than I am because he's with his saviour, and there will be a day when I will see them both and others that we love as well. And that hope and that assurance is available for every person. And that is an incredible truth. If you're despairing this morning, I wanna tell you that with God, there is victory. Circumstances can be as hard and as difficult as they are, and they will continue to be. But I am so encouraged about Elizabeth Elliot. She's no stranger to the grief process either, but she wrote these words. Of one thing I am perfectly sure, God's story never ends with ashes. God is victorious, and with him we have all the hope that we need. And I love that David had this new song that he was given to sing out and to live out because of the reality of what takes place when we do that. And so as a church who are entering 2022 with all of its unknowns and all of the concerns that weigh us down, if we are a people of God who in the midst of the waiting, wait with great expectation, with a confident hope in Jesus, with the reality of a God who comes and is with us in the trials, but actually also delivers us from them, then as people watch and as they see living out the authenticity of this messy journey called life, that the truth of these words that David wrote will be true in our circumstances as well, that many will see what God has done and be amazed that they would put their trust in the Lord. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your care and comfort. Actually, it seems like inadequate words to say that, when the reality is so much more tangible than that. But I just thank you for how you are present and how you love us. And for each and every person here in this place and those who are watching online, wherever people are at, I I thank you that you know them completely, that your care for them is so deep and your love so consuming, that you have made a way possible for every one of us to have hope in you. And so even this morning right now, I wanna pray for those who haven't yet actually chosen to put their trust in you, Jesus. That even now as they hear these words, as they've contemplated the things that have been spoken about today, as they've watched others do journeys, I pray that actually by your Holy Spirit, 
you would open their hearts up to you, that they would choose to accept what has already been done on their behalf, to call out to you in desperation, Jesus, and to know that you are right there, that hope is found in you, here, today, and forevermore. And for those who are in the midst of a pit right now, I pray, great God, that you would actually come, you would strengthen them. For those who are feeling hopeless, that actually you would now inject them with your hope. A sure and certain hope in Jesus that will never be disappointed, no matter the circumstances that rage around us. And that in your time, God, you would lift people out onto sure and solid ground. And Father, as we do this journey as a church in this year, with all of the things around us that we don't know and the things that we have to navigate, I pray that you would help us to be real, to live authentically, to be humble people before you, who cry out to you, who wait with expectant hope, not wishful thinking, but solid and sure and a God who delivers. And Father, as you bring about your things that you're doing in this place, we pray for an incredible harvest for many, many people to come and put their trust in you. We ask for this in your mighty and powerful name. Amen. Thanks, Trish, so much. Can we thank Trish, in fact, just for sharing with us what a powerful word for us today. I want to finish with just some words from 1 Peter that express this truth. We're going to sing these very truths, in fact. We're going to sing in a moment with all our hearts. It says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, His incredible mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. And then this part, though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. That's Trisha's testimony. That's our testimony today. And it can be yours as well. If you don't yet know this assurance in your own heart, if you're watching online, you're here today, we want to help you on your journey. We want to introduce you to Jesus. He's incredible. He's amazing. To discover salvation, grace that is found in Him alone. Reach out to us. We'd love to be able to help you on that journey. Talk to one of us. But we want to sing now. We want to declare this, this truth that fills us with a certain hope, fills us with joy. Let's stand together, church. We're going to sing Living Hope, declare these truths with all of our heart. This is what leads us into this year ahead as well. We can trust Him. He's got a mighty plan to unfold before us. Many more yet to hear this good news. So let's sing with faith this morning. Yeah. 
our great God, the best news in all the world. The best news in all the world. Oh Lord, we thank You that You've conquered sin, that You've conquered death, that You're alive. Lord, that there is eternal hope in You, that this life is not all there is, great God, that You're so near to us this morning and this is why You came. This was Your mission, great God, that we would know this hope, to know this assurance, not just know about it, but know it deep within our heart. And so again, Lord, empower us as Your people to take this message to the world. May we live in the foundation of this truth and all that we do, Lord, no fear anymore, great God, because You are with us, because You have overcome. And so, Lord, we give You thanks. Our hearts are just so full of thanks and praise this morning, so full of joy, no matter what the circumstances of life, because You are greater. And so we worship You, Jesus, and praise Your Name. We pray this in the name is above every other name, the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Praise God. Put our hands together one more time. Praise God. If you'd like prayer this morning, some of our prayer team would love to pray for you. If you're online, email through to prayerofbridgeman.org.au. You can grab a seat here in the auditorium. Um, but so glad to have you sharing with us today. Don't forget, there's notes you can write at the front there for Trish. Notes of thanks. If you're online, you can email them through as well. But God bless you. We look forward to sharing with you again soon.